morning, everybody. How are we doing? All right. Well, it's, uh, I asked the first, first group, is this the last day of cold or are we going to have more? Divided. Hopefully it's the last. I, I, I'm with you. I'm over the cold. I am. I'm ready for the, the nice days like we're going to have this week. It's going to be beautiful this week. I mean, nice. I can get out and do some things. Scott's like, I can get out in my shop and I can get some stuff done without freezing or burning up. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I am honored also that we get to even say this or announce this, that we're, we're having our seventh birthday in March, you know, March 10th. That's, that's huge. That's a big deal. And I cannot tell you that most church plants don't last a few years. And so we are really in the upper 90% of uh, not only that, but also most don't even break, it, break 200 people in, in their church at all. And so we're, we're in the top 10% when it comes to that. So it's really amazing what God is doing. If we pull back a little bit and, and uh, just see the big picture of everything and, and the progression. So we get to celebrate this year of seven. And, and really, I, I feel like God was saying, and I, had, I haven't said this yet except for the staff, that it really is a season of learning his rest. In the seventh day, the seventh year, there was a sabbatical uh, year. And so it's just people, God's people learning how to just rest from their labors and their efforts into his and just resting in him and allowing God to to do the work and so there's a big shift for us in faith to do that even even to take a a Sabbath day of the week literally saying I'm not going to do anything that looks like my routine work how many people are really successful in that like that's a hard one but God tells us he can do more in the six than we can in the seven and we'll have better more uh, emotional energy Uh, we'll be more focused we'll have more creative value we'll have a happier life, and we'll have the strength to do it physically as well. All those are literal promises that God gives us through the Sabbath. And so it, there's a benefit, but we struggle. So, uh, But I am glad to say that we have seventh birthday coming up, March 10th. We're going to have one service in here at 10 a.m. We're finishing the series that we're cur- currently in, and then we're just going out, and we have a lot of fun. I, I think there's a fishing tournament going on. I know there's a lot of barbecue, and it's all free, a, a lot of barbecue, and I'm pretty sure there is a a Nerf war that's going to be broke out, the Nerf gun war. Um, so if you have any kind of like Rambo guns with a big clip that rolls around, bring that. Any kind of machine guns. I, pref- I, I encourage the battery operated. I don't I know how it's all set up, but I know there is a war zone out here. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, we have our playground, the kids can play out. And so we're just going to have a lot of fun in community. And that's what we're all about is building community and helping people connect to one another. And so these are great celebratory moments. These are milestones that we just want to honor and celebrate with you together. And so it's going to be a fun day. Uh, I think it's like 10 to 2, something like that. Uh, 10 a.m. is the service. And then we'll, we'll try to finish out by 2 p.m. there. So I know many of you are in, in spring break. And you're like, I've got to get my kids, kids out of here. I'm ready to go. But we promise to wear them down. And they'll take a good nap. So... Uh, we are, as I mentioned, in our series, From Pain to Purpose. We'll finish it there, uh, there on the 10th, but we are right in the middle of this thing, a little bit past middle. And I, I, you probably have learned, man, uh, this, this series has really brought out my life. Like it's really made, helped my life make sense. And, and that, that's the beauty in hearing message series like this to where when my, I can identify the seasons and the moments of my life and knowing that God is actually helping take me through these, he's just looking for a response. He's shaping my, 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 my character. But ultimately, it's all to try to get me to this place that he's created me for. And so, hallelujah, thank God. I mean, so it takes some of the pressure off. 
the, the I don't know how this is ever going to work out. I don't know, you know, the woe is me. I'm like, oh, it must be only me. I'm telling you, all, every one of us, every one of us go through this. And we continually go through this because God is trying to grow us and acclimate us and, and put us in the place, again, for what he's designed. So we've talked about the pride test. We've talked about the pit test. We've talked about the palace test. We've talked about the purity test. We've talked about the prison test. We've talked about the prophetic test, the prophecy, the test of prophecy, where you hear from the Lord what it is you are to do, even if it's in the next step, or it's not quite clear, but it feels right to do this, and then I have to make a decision of saying, this is now my vision of life for the season, at least, until God makes it more clear and I have to embrace that, and now all my decisions will be based on what God has, is telling me and showing me, and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about it, so I better stay close to him. And so that's the prophetic test, and how am I going to steward what God has told me, and I, will I allow situations to deter me from that, or will I allow growth and character shift and, and development through every challenge and every trial that comes along the way? The latter should be true. The latter is what we're going for. And what happens is God begins to create an acceleration. So I want to get into this. We're talking about today is the power test. The power test. And all of us are going through the power test. And I think I'll re help you re resonate with, oh, this is why I'm, I'm in a cycle right now in this area right here. They may, there's a merging of some of the other tests. Pride test may be involved still. The power test a lot of times has some touch of the, the pride test. And so the power test is, uh, let, me, let me make it really simple one for you, and I'll, I'll, I'll get further with it in explanation. Power, every, you've gone through the power test as, as a child, or uh, your children have gone through the power test um, as, as young children, little ones. The moment you got a family pet, they started trying to lord over them, tell them what to do make commands and demand and usurp authority or power over that animal. Mommy and dad's been telling me what to do. Maybe my older sibling's been telling me what to do. Now I got somebody I can tell what to do. Power test. That's what, that's what it is. And this goes into all realms of life. It could be with your spouse. It could be in your business. It could be in ministry. And it could be out in the, open, in the world. It could be in your socioeconomic levels. It could be Anywhere, there's a power test, and every one of them have power test pieces connected to them. All right. And so in the first seven verses of uh, our Pharaoh's two dreams of Genesis 41, we kind of been building up through the story of Joseph, and we talked about these are ten tests we all go through. And so we are to the place where Pharaoh has had two dreams that he didn't understand. One of them, seven really beautiful, uh, sleek, lush they weren't black Angus, but we're going to call it black Angus because we're in East Texas. Black Angus cows come up, and in that same dream, immediately there's seven really scrawny, weak, pathetic-looking cows, and they eat the seven really, flat, really lush and, and, and sleek cows. Well, that's one dream. The second dream he has, there's now heads of grain, seven heads of grain who are really, obviously really pretty, uh, very, very lush, like a bumper crop, and like this is some great grain. And then immediately seven scorned and burnt and scorched uh, heads of grain come up, and they eat the seven nice bumper crop heads of grain. And he's like, I'm done founded. I don't know what this, this means. I don't get it. 
can somebody please help? So he calls in some people, and that's where we're at in Genesis 41, 8 and 9. It says, Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit, Pharaoh's spirit, was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians, the magi, that's where we get the magi when you see Jesus coming along, the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Story kind of makes sense. And then, so he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> and Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then, he, then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. Now, I don't know if you remember, this is one of the guys who Joseph was in prison with, and Joseph said, hey, the butler and baker came to him and said, we have a dream, we're, we're kind of longing, and he says, why the long face, gives them interpretation of their dream, and then he tells the, bake, the butler specifically, he says, hey, when you get out, remember me. Like, don't forget me, get me out. When you go, when you get a place to get me. Don't forget, don't forget me. And notice, this is two years later, by the way. And now, just now, the butler's saying, oh, yeah, you know what? There was this guy that told me an interpretation of my dream, and he kept telling me about himself. Joseph, at that time, was trying to use his gift for his own benefit rather than for the benefit of the butler and the baker. And so God held up this dream from happening for two more years. And not only that, he held up the butler for even re from even remembering the fact that Joseph had helped him, interpreted him, brought joy to him and peace to him of what his future would soon be, which was freedom. And so God blinded him until God gave Pharaoh this dream. And then God released the, removed the veil so that, so that the butler would remember Joseph, you need to, there's a lot in that, more than I can go into today. But then we see in Genesis 41, 14, five verses later, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him in, they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And this is how God moves, this is how the power test or the authority of, the, the ability, the ability to make decisions which will affect either positively or negatively, both your life and the lives of people who are under the decision or affected by the decision. Is that, is that fair? So that's what we're talking about. And so the power came quickly because quickly Pharaoh had a dream. He, he, the butler heard it. He goes, oh, I remember. Let me go get Joseph. Call Joseph. Bring Joseph in. Bow. Now he's in a place of power. He was just in the prison. Now he's in power. He's, he's positioned for a, for a role, an opportunity to say something, to speak something that's going to positively or negatively affect Pharaoh and all of Egypt. He's just got movement, moved to a moment for his history, for his future, for his purpose, if you will. If you will. And so God can do things very quickly. Recall last week when we talked about the, the tests, the different tests, and as we acclimate and we start to pass these tests, God begins to speak to us even more clearly, and the prophetic test starts to come along. And, and again, as we own that and embrace that and we test that and we, we, we make sure it's, it truly is from the Lord, and we start to allow that to become our logic, even when the outside world or the natural eye says, that's illogical. He goes, not with my eyes because I've seen and I've heard what God said for me to do. It's now my only logic. No, in fact, nothing else that before seemed logical now makes sense because it competes with this thing that the Lord told me. Are you feeling me? This is where we're going. This is what God has for us. This is what he want, has for every one of his children. You're his children if you're, if you're in Christ. So this is the future. This is the, this is the design and the desire. 
And so what happens is our character starts to be shaped by the other tests, and our decisions are being based on this prophetic test. And, this, and, and all what happens is God begins to accelerate, accelerate our journey in our life to the point where my yes is already predetermined by all the obstacles and the challenges and the temptations that come along. Because here's what God is telling me, and here's what God is doing, and God is shaping my character. The more he shapes our character, the faster it is to, t to resist temptation and say no to sin. Because character is trained. And it usually has to cut really hard, cut to the quick of the heart, and really challenge the deep things of the heart, and really address the matters of the heart, and the things that nobody else could see, but God sees. And this is the purpose of the power test. But we can also, there's times, we can get placed in a position just like this. But quickly, it can go. Because we could get called into our boss's office. And say, well, I think it's time that we make a, a shift. And we're going to put you somewhere else. Or, here's your severance. We could lose power really quickly. And so it comes and it goes quickly. So we have to be very aware and very in tune. I want you to know about this test because that's the test. What will I do in those situations? What will my heart response be when that happens to me? What is my heart response right now because that's happening to me? And so the power test comes quickly. And it can be also be the typical scenario of when years of hard work, years of commitment, years of dedication, years of things that nobody, no public eye has seen, and then all of a sudden something happens, something shifts, something catches, there's finally some traction, and now your private life, your private hard work has become public, and everybody thinks, oh, you're an overnight success. Yes, I'm a 10-year overnight success. <laughs> right? And, and, and here's, it's a lot of times we even judge people that have all of a sudden shown up because we don't understand all that they've been through to get to where they are. And so God is challenging us even with them. And so Genesis 41, 37, 4 through 40 says, So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of of God. Now, let me just tell you, Pharaoh was a polytheist, meaning he believed in all kinds of gods. But even this lost individual recognized, wait a minute, there's something different about this guy. Like, there's a spirit of God inside of this individual. And that's how it should be for all of us, wherever and whatever position God has put us in, whatever place for the season, seeing that, I don't know how long this lasts, God gets to decide how long this lasts, but I get to decide based on my character how long I will begin to, I will resist God in all of this or God resists me through all of this based on how I, I, I confront or I address or I handle the situations in my life. And what happens is, what should happen is our bosses, our employees, our peers, the people who God wants to use to bring us to a place of influence for whatever purpose he desires sees, ooh, there's something different about that person. The Spirit of God. Whether they are lost or saved does not matter. How you live your life in front of them before God is what matters. Because he can turn all things. He can make all things happen. And he can do it quickly. And so 
verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, Pharaoh's, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Listen, this is just now the superpower of the world, Egypt, and the basically the little g god of the world at this time, Pharaoh, is now putting Joseph, after a moment of op- an opportunity, a proper response, into second in command of, of ba- basically the superpower of the world of the day. So he goes from prison one day, he wakes up and he's in the palace and he's second in command. The pride test is how we will respond. And the power test, sorry, the pride test is how we respond to the dream, the vision. But the power test is how we will respond when we begin to walk in our purpose. It dig- it's, it's dictated the power that Joseph begins to walk in on how he responds to this situation. He's at a crossroads right here. And God is t- testing his heart with this opportunity to say, which way are you going to take right now? Are you going to take God's desired will, my desired will, my destiny for your life, or will you, will you go your own route? And I'm telling you, we're all in that place at some point, even, even, even maybe even right now. In the prison test, remember the prison test, is how we respond when bad things happen. The power test is how we respond when even good things happen. I get an opportunity. How does my ego rise up? And one day, you will begin to step into your God-given purpose, and maybe you're already stepping in your God-given purpose, and God will give you power, and maybe God has already given you power, and the decisions you make negatively or positively affect other people in your life or around your life, or under your sphere of influence. But there's some right recognizing that must be done. It's a huge test. It's the the test, and in fact, I think it's the biggest test. It's this test of success. I was telling somebody after service, last last service, it was, this is a bigger test. The test of success is bigger than the test of I can't pay my bills. It is. Because I become really humble. And struggle in the struggle of I can't pay my bills, and I dig really deep, and I go get it, and I learn nobody else is going to give it to me. I got to go get it myself, and I become very humble about my poor situation, and then I go and get it. But in the power test, look at me. They need me, Leslie. I've arrived. I can't wait for them to see it. Can't wait till that next meeting. They're going to see me with a different name tag, different title, team leader. <laughs> okay, for example, let's say this. Let's say, in another example of some of these tests, let's say you're, another, you're in another country, you're on a mission trip, and you're like, man, I'm just glad to be here. I'm nervous as, as I'll get out. I, I'm, I'm my, this is a completely different world. I'm in culture shock altogether. But I'm so humble. I'm, I'm grateful. I'll serve at any capacity. I will. I will. I'll make sandwiches. I will uh, split bananas. You know. I will bring and fill up co- Coke, Coke cups. I'll do whatever you want. Okay. About about three or four days in, the leader comes. He goes. I'm not going to be able to be at the devotion tonight. The, the the devotion we do every night. But could you lead it for me? Bubble guts. Fluid is going out every way. World is spinning. 
I hear nothing but ringing in my ears, right? You're like terrified, you're traumatized by this, but you know you've already said I'll do whatever you need. And, and so there's this conflict of you're given an opportunity, a position, and your leader is saying, hey, I see this in you, could you do this for me? I'll, I won't be there. And yet there's this gratitude and this humility of, oh my gosh, I've really got to dig deep and find something. I don't even, I barely even know where the addresses of the, of the Bible lead me to. Okay, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And you, so you get really yielded, you get really surrendered, you, you get really, and you're sitting there, you're preparing, it's like, okay, I'm just going to talk about whatever God's been putting on my heart this week since I've been here in this experience. And you're getting prepared and you're finding some scriptures to support it and and even if they're wrong scriptures to support it, you're doing something. You're trying to get there. It doesn't matter at this point. You're just wanting to get through that 15 minutes of fame. Woo. And you're trying to make it 12. And then right there, you're about to give this devotion, and all of a sudden, the leader walks in. And he goes, hey, hey, thank you for being willing to do that. I'm back. I'm prepared. I'll step in and take it. Now, you're at a fork in a road. Anybody ever read the book where if, they, if you, if you want to go this way, this route, read this page. If you want to go that route, read this page. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's where you are. If you want to get upset and proud and say, I wish I would have been able to do that, go to this page. If you want to stay humble and grateful and say, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so grateful you saw that in me, but please, I'm glad you're stepping in. Go to this page. Can I tell you that's our lives? Because God is looking right in that moment to say, how are you going to respond? I'm really, I'm really believing in you. I'm really hoping you'll make the right call. I'm really, I'm really hoping you'll humble up and you'll just be grateful and thankful for what you did get, even though you didn't get to do the thing that you thought you were going to get to do. It's okay. I hope you'll take that route. But if you take this route, gosh, we're just going to have to wrap back around to do this all over again one day. <laughs> and somebody just says, you, you just got your blessing for the day. You can go now. You just, you just Problem answered. Solution. Thank you, Pastor. I don't even need prayer. I can figure this one out on my own. It's clear. Now, that's a scenario. And there's another scenario where you've been promoted and you've been thinking for years, man, I really, I really should be in that role. I really deserve that role. I really deserve that position. Like, man, that, I, I need that. Or, like, that's one part of this, this next scenario. Or this the other part where, man, I, I, I really, I'm grateful to have any role. I'm grateful to be able to be in there. If they want to give me a promotion, that's great. I'm honored. I, I really would love to be in that role. It's okay if I'm not in that role, but I really would love to be in that role. But in both scenarios of this, two years later, you have God's favor on you, and it, things are working out, and you find some success. Two years later, the attitude of both parties say, man, they're lucky, lucky to have me as an employee. I don't know how they would do this without me. You laugh. But we've all been there. We all thought that part of the company would leave along with us if we left. We all thought our manager would never be able to handle it without us. And that might be the attitude of the depths of your heart and thinking and mindset as you're making decisions on your daily, your daily life. And that might be why you're staying right where you're at. It might be what the, that's the way your marriage is. You know to do otherwise, but you're too haughty to do that. Or you know how the finances, I know I should be doing this. I know Dave Ramsey's right. I know the envelope system will work. But you know what? I love Andy's frozen custards. <laughs> and as long as my wife never finds out, I can just pay cash. She knows I don't. Do, I work those extra hours, but she doesn't know how much more I make. She's like, she sees the belt around your waist, bro. 
you can only wear you can only wear a WWF belt so so long before it starts to bleed out. But many times he will let you, God will let you do it on your own, thinking, okay, you think you've got this all figured out? You're like, I got this, God. I'm good. They need me. I'm, I'm, I'm the best. In fact, I'm so good. I'm so much better than everybody else around me. They wouldn't be able to make it without me. Then God says, oh, really? Well, how about I move my spirit from you and my favor and let it get really painful and let their let situation have a lot of pressure, and it feels like, no, no, your, no your boss no longer believes in you. Now the, the co-workers really don't like you. They don't get along with you. And, and even the ones that did, they're gossiping about you. And now, then he lets you feel it to the point where, okay, 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 okay. You're right. I'm wrong. I don't want this. I, I just want you. I want your presence, and I can't do it without you. That's, that's our goal. We get to the point in life where, I, okay, I, I can't, I, I'm no longer right, even in my rightness. No matter how righteous I am, I'm not right. Lord, I need you. And I need your solutions for this issue, these issues, these circumstances. That's where, we, that's where he wants, to, wants us to be. So power comes quickly. Joseph was in prison one night, and he was in the palace the next day. He was a second in command the next day. And I think it took those two years, as I said a couple of weeks ago, for God to work out that me, the gifting, my use my, of my gifting is just for me. You get to be blessed back, but mostly I want you to use it for me. I want to, I want to, my gifting's for me. He had to work the me out of me. He had to work the me out of Joseph. And now, some people have a really humble spirit until they get promoted. And some people have a really humble spirit to get, to mo- to get promoted. And then all, all of a sudden, that humble spirit leaves once they get promoted. You ever been there? I'm willing to do anything now that you got the role. You know what? I think, I think this is all I'm going to do. Okay. Power test. Power test. So I think, does everybody understand power test now? It's pretty clear. All right, let me, let me give you some questions to, to, that we'll answer so that you can have a better understanding of power in general. So number one is, where does, from where does power come? Psalm 62.11 says that God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. So power, it, it all belongs to God. Power in general. So the power I have, the power you have, the power we have, the power, the decision-making ability that causes change in any, or influence in any type of sphere comes from God. Psalm 62. And Jesus says in, in, in John 19, with ha- while having a conversation with Pilate, he says this. First, Pilate said to him, Jesus, are you not speaking to me? He was giving him the stank eye and the cold, the cold shoulder. No, he was, he was right there before the, all the public as he was being accused of being the king of the Jews. Pilate's like, you're not speaking to me? You, oh, don't you know who I am? No, you know who I am. <laughs> don't you know who I am? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and power to release you? And this is Pilate. And sometimes this can be us. Don't you know I have the power to do so? Don't you know? Pilate says, don't you know I have the power to crucify and the power to release you? Jesus answered, bro, you could have no power at all against me unless it has been given you from above. So Jesus understood 
though he may be in the position where Pilate, a place where Pilate was making the decision, but ultimately the power and the, the final decision came from God, came from his father. He had a bigger understanding that nothing that you have comes directly from you, it comes through you. And what you're about to decide is based on what he has already decided. You agree with that, but let me tell you another scenario. Because when you're in a, in a position in the middle of a power test and your, your boss or your spouse or the tax office or says blank, we forget that that power comes from God. And we're, we're in a lot more disagreement with our spouse or our boss or our, co or, or our co-workers or that team leader because we forget that power comes from God. So we see that scenario a little bit differently. All power comes from God. And so there's, there's some recognition within us that reminds us that even though we have worked very hard and been very dedicated, there's got to be a, a, a recognition that even though we've gone through a season maybe and not recognizing God, there has to be a recognition that comes back around and says, you know what, I'm looking over my life and yes, I've worked very hard. Yes, I've been very committed, but I can tell you this one thing I have learned, I couldn't do it without God. I would have none of this stuff without God. I wouldn't be where I am supernaturally like without God none of this even come let me tell you the story the testimony of all the things that have happened to me able to weave for God to weave this for me to be here this is this is where we have to get and understand and, and this is a balance that remains on the scale though because it's it's this difference between whenever we find some success and we get some acc accolades we, we tend to say, or some tend to say, and we've probably all said it, and we've been even church to say this, it's all God, brother. Oh, it's all God. And there's this other side that says, you know, I have worked very hard, and I've been committed, and even through the struggles and all the sacrifices it took, I stayed, I stayed the course. But can I tell you, none of that would matter without God. That's humility. Let me tell you what this was. This was false humility. This is one who said, thank you, uh, yes, I know, it's, it's really me, but you know what, it's all God. No, it's not. I, this is what I think. No, it's not. Let me pick you apart now that you just said with your false humility. You know what the correct answer is? Thank you. Thank you. Or that answer over there. Because thank you says, thank you, I honor the encouragement that you're giving me. And later in my private time, when I'm not being, I'm not being a show I'm going to go lay that crown down, and I'm going to give it back to the Lord, and I'm going to thank him for all the ability he gave me so I could do that to get that. That's humility. And the farmer would say, I plowed, I tilled, I sowed the seed, but God watered it. And without that rain, it's just a bunch of work. It's just a bunch of work. And, and the businessman, the entrepreneur may say, you know what? I heard a word from the Lord. Or you may say, I heard a word from the Lord. Prophetic there. And though it didn't make sense at the time, I did it anyway. And I just trusted and I believed in my spirit. And I stayed close to God along the way. And it took a lot of dedication. It took a lot of hard work. It took a lot of looking, you know, looks from other people who say, you must be crazy. But I committed to it. 
And with all the sacrifices and the pain along the way, and sometimes it's relationship changes, God's the one that did it. That's where he wants to get us to. That's what he wants for all his children. And if you're in Christ, again, you're, you're his child. That's his destiny. That's his past. past. And it's called, it, this, this is, it's all God's statement. It truly is false humility, and we've got to get away from that. And so Joseph faced this, and you and I will too. We'll face it. And we get through it faster when we just own it, and we, we humble up. And, and let me just tell you this. Uh, power, because God is an omnipotent God, that means he's all-powerful. All-powerful, he's omnipotent. That means that all power comes from God. All power is God's. And so God created us. He is the creator, and we are the creation. He's created us, but he's also created us with a desire for power. Power is not a bad thing to desire. Correctly. And so the desire for power must be accompanied with humility towards God and an unwavering desire to use it to bless others. So let me give you number two. To whom does power come? James 4 and 10 says this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. Man, I want to be lifted up. I want that role. I want, that, I want to be able to make those calls. I belong in that seat. Okay, no problem. Here's the recipe. Humble yourself. I don't want that. I, I just want the last part. Peter says this in five, 1 Peter 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to, to, to your elders. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, all of you actually be submissive to one another. To your spouses, to your bosses. Bosses, he, hear your employees, at least hear them out. Understand. To your, to your pastors, to your leaders, both listen to one another. Honor one another, and and all of you be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to them. God resists the proud. Literally, literally, you've got your hand, hit your head up against his hand. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're just pushing and plowing, you're trying, and you're efforting it. You know, you're working hard. By the sweat of my brow. Well, that's the cursed version that God told Adam, by the way. <laughs> and then every once in a while, he'll go, whoop, let me move your hand so you can fall on your face. And then he'll like, no, I'm going to pick you up and put you right back over here. No, I'm just playing with you. Just letting you know how it feels to fall on your face a little bit with all your pride. All your, I called it, I can do it, I got it on my own, they need me. Oh, the place wouldn't be, good. It wouldn't be the same without me. Uh-huh, yeah, right. It's pride. You're actually... Got in a place where God is opposing you. He resists. He opposes you. Now you are the running back and he is the defense. And you have no offensive line. Good luck. He opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. I'm going to come back to grace in a minute. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. While he's got your, his hand up against your head and you're just sitting there leaning in trying to run, how about you just humble yourself there instead of trying to plow through? Because some of you are in a position where you're trying to plow through and you're just trying to effort it through. And instead of changing character and changing your ways and allowing God to affect the deepest, the darkest parts of your soul, where the thought processes come out of. And instead there's ego and there's pride and there's I, I want and I deserve and I should. Me, 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 me. Because he says grace. You know what grace is? 
and unmerited favor. You don't even deserve it. But I'm going to raise you up. Why? Because you humbled yourself. There's things that people have been working for for decades and they can't get to because they're in this place where God's got his hand against their head. Because if he allowed them to find that success, it would literally break them and it would disturb and probably hurt many others. Even though it is his desired will, their character is not ready for it. They're too proud. Humble yourself. He'll lift you up. And here's the, here's the blessing side of that. He'll make it happen. In such a way, in such a rapid and accelerated path that you don't even know what's happening. You're in that whirlwind of, oh my goodness, everything's just coming my way. I don't understand. I'm so grateful. I'm thankful. And Lord, please don't let me get in the way and mess this thing up. And so I've watched people, let me just tell you, I've watched people in ministry from come, go from being extremely humble and grateful and, and yielded and surrendered to finding some success and all of a sudden they're proud and they're unteachable and they're hard to lead. And I've watched the same in business leaders who said, I'm going after a business, I'm going to start this for the Lord, I'm going to use it to bless the Lord and bless people. And they started on the right path, God blessed them, they got so busy, poor stewardship, and now they're, they're barely even going to church. And I've watched the same in families, in marriages, parenting, finances, in every domain of life. I have watched this. God saw the heart. He tested the heart with some power. Instead of taking path one to humility, path two was chosen, pride and ego. And you can't do it without me, woman, so you better hold on to me. You know, those kids, they just get in my way. I'm, I don't have time for them. You take care of them. Or let's just put them out somewhere. Or you know what, man, pastor, I, you know, I, I really want to be there. I really want to be there. I really want to really give, but right now I just, we're just working so hard. I know we're, we're so busy, we're so blessed, but man, I don't, even have time to, I don't even have time to show up anymore. Seen it time and time again. In Genesis 41, 15 and 16, it says, And Pharaoh said, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream. And there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. Wise words right here. Two years to work this out in prison. Like, mm, let me do this a different way. <laughs> Never mind, it's not about me. It's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. There's some, there's some maturity right there. God will give it. So number three, why does power come? I'm going to get through this quickly. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about, here's why, hold on to your seat. Here's why God does this, gives power for doing good. Notice it has others connected to it. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him in humility and surrender in the submission competition of life and relationships the holy spirit and power it comes with power why so that we can do good in the lives of others and we can bring healing into any situation why not that it's of us but that it's of him it's his desire and oftentimes especially as god wills power will come with wealth But not everybody understands where wealth comes from. I'm thankful. I, 
uh, Joey, one of our Joey Ridgel, one of our elders, he he understands. He's a very generous businessman, he's, but he's also generous in ministry. He understands that he wouldn't have it without God, and so he gives back in both. I, I'm blessed that I had a grandfather who he told me he told always told us he said, "Listen, the poor people called us poor. We had a dirt floor in our our house. There was one of nine. We were poor." Worked very hard, always served the Lord, and he created this culture of generosity in my family. My mother has walked in those shoes, and now I've been, I've, I've been blessed to be a part of that. That decision-making that was passed down to me, but it was not in and of myself to begin with. Can I, I just want to take a little bit of time to tell you that same grandfather, and about the season I was born, helped financially plant a church in Honduras. I never knew anything about this until 35 years after my birth. God brought a Honduran into my life, a guy, a friend of mine, accountability partner, started working for me in Austin. I was managing, general managing a restaurant. And we became friends and we started talking about doing a mission trip in Honduras. I remember calling my mother and saying, hey, I'm thinking about going to do a mission trip in Honduras. Her first response was, you know your, your grandfather helped plant a church in Honduras. Nope. Never knew that. It would have been good to know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, my friend, Vicki, who babysat you, yeah, she, she and her husband were the plant, church planters in Honduras. Nope. Never knew that. Can I tell you, I moved to Honduras a couple of years later and lived there and did missions work there, and that started my ministry life. Coincidence? No. Deuteronomy says this, 8, 17 and 18, Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained this wealth. How many times have we heard and said that? I hear that and I'm like, oh, Lord, don't do it to them. They know not what they say. Verse 18, he says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. He, he is the one who gives the power to make decisions, to have influence, to bring the return of wealth into our lives. Why? So that we can be a river of blessing, not a reservoir that's all, it's all dammed up. And a dammed up reservoir gets stagnant, it has no airflow, it has no, 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 no rhythm to it, it has bugs, it's got scum on top of it. And I'm telling you, the person that lives like that does too. It's selfishness, it's the me attitude, it's the, I say, I, my power, I worked hard, that's my money, I gained this. Oh really, because he's the one that puts you in that position. He's the one that started these in generations. He's the one that began this whole path. He's the one that's put you in the place, hoping that you'll make the right decisions and do it for which that which he said. Why? So that you'll be a flow, a river, so that he too can not only establish his covenant with you, but he can establish his covenant with many who are lost. He's looking for a river to get things through. It's like this. There's God over here, big God, all power, all wealth, everything in the world belongs to him. There's the needs. There's the, the needs of the, those who have been kidnapped. There's the needs of the hungry. There's the needs of the poor. There's the needs of the nations. There's the needs of the church that needs to grow because it can't fit the people. There's the needs of church planting in places that are desolate. There's the needs. 
And in the middle of that, have you ever been in Dallas or Waco or Austin? And you see these, oh, up by Bucky's, you see, see these, Madisonville, you see these big warehouses. And they got these big trucks outside. And most of them say Amazon. And I want to just prophetically say this. As you see those, I want you to start declaring, that's me. That's me. Because God is over here with all the awareness, all the resources of all those needs over there. And right in the middle, he's trying to develop you and establish you and put you in a place where your character can withhold and be a distribution system to be a resource from God to the place of the needs. That's a lot better than what you're responding. But you get it. You get it. And this should be very encouraging because this is God's rhythm, this is God's path, this is God's plan. And if we trust God, then we'll allow God to do the work through us and we'll get our, I don't believe in that, that's the Old Testament, that's the law, that's all of our broken theology out of the way. Thank God for getting broken theology out of the way, getting religion out of the way, and letting relationship with Jesus start to shine and show and let the Holy Spirit begin to illuminate His Word in our lives. So the world says the power is for yourself, but the Bible says the power is from God through you for others. So I want to pray for you because I think the Holy Spirit's already speaking. Let me shut up so he can speak. And that's the Holy Spirit. What, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? In what areas... Do I need to be aware of this power set? What areas of life have I been failing this power test? And how can I do it differently? And I just want to walk you through a little bit of a freedom conversation with the Lord. And it sounds like this, and if you, if you will, you can go through it with me. Holy Spirit, in what areas have I believed a lie about my life that I feel like I have to be in charge? And Holy Spirit, what is your truth about my life? as it applies to the power set. So Lord, I renounce the lie that I have believed that has caused me to feel like I'm in control and I'm in charge. Lord, I want to humbly receive your truth and make your truth my truth. And so Lord, in every area of my character and the depths of my heart, where I'm being resisted by you because of the condition of my heart, I humble myself right now. I humble myself under your mighty hands because I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm tired of not having the right answers. I'm tired of trying to act like I have the right answers. And I just want to see your hand in my life and your favor on my life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen, and amen, and amen.